This is Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And we're going full blast with some brand new death metal on the show today, courtesy of a new band that I'm pretty sure everyone will easily remember. And that's thanks to the rather unique name. The name Fetal Blood Eagle. And from Fetal Blood Eagle, here's co-founder and guitar player Jim Gregory. Welcome to Horns Up, Jim. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing really great. How are you guys doing? Um, we are well, thanks for asking. But first up, I have to ask, what's the story behind the name Fetal Blood Eagle? It's so unique and I dare say extremely SEO friendly. Oh, thank you. Um, so the story was is that my last band was called Solium Fatalis, which was some poor man's Latin. And I found myself spelling that band name for eight years to everybody. And I was really <laughs> tired of that shit. And so... <laughs> So when I was out walking my dog, I was like, man, I got to come up with something new. And I thought, Blood Eagle, hmm, that's all right. And then it hit me, fetal Blood Eagle. It's so <laughs> stupid, it's going to work. And if I have to spell it for anybody, if I have to spell this shit for anybody, you need to go back to school because you're dumb. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. We actually Googled just to see like what images would show up. Because you know, when you hear that, you think like, okay, something really fucked up is going to show up, right? Yeah. But, yeah, but congratulations. Didn't. Now, the, uh, even if you do an incognito search, yeah. the only results that pop up are your band's artwork and your band's details. The purpose. It's, it's been really interesting with the band name because... I just was going for a cheap laugh from everybody. <laughs> and and the people that are like the most upset about it are Americans. <laughs> and we, and we <laughs> went online and I was looking because I don't have a life. And I was looking at what people were saying about it. And one guy wrote, that is the dumbest, shittiest band name I've ever seen in my life. And so I replied to him and I said, well, your parents only had, they had nine months and the best they could do was Todd. Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> wow. This, this reminds me of the banter on like, you know, the message boards back in the day, like before Facebook became Facebook, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, this reminds me of that banter on message boards where everyone is anonymous and yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think if someone showed up on a message board I was on and said, this is my band, Fetal Blood Eagle. I'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You'd say this is... I'd be all for it. Yeah. I would hope that your first thought would be, this is stupid. I'm going <laughs> to hate this. And then you turn it on and you're like, wait a minute. And it's like a bait and switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taking aside from the name, right? And going to the actual band uh so glad he said it was jokes because when i was reading the titles i was like what the hell is this all about <laughs> I i'm telling you it. It. i absolutely <laughs> love it yeah <laughs> it's just americans that are like this is fucking stupid and i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> so it actually makes me really happy that it aggravates metal fans <laughs> i'm like you're not gonna buy it anyway motherfucker <laughs> 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 Ryan Beavers and you started the band after your previous band, and I hope I'm not going to butcher this, but uh, the name I spelled for eight years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Solium Fatalis came to an end. 
what, yes. what I mean, other than just going for, you know, a dumb name and stuff like that, what, what is your like mission of sorts? What were you looking for? Like for fetal blood legal? I think we just wanted to do something like when Sven and I, when Sven came in on vocals and Ryan and I were talking I said, we need to, I need to do a band that's like my personality that we have jokes and you know, like I go to these metal shows and it's like, I hate the government and I hate my parents too. And I was like, yeah, okay, great. And you know, Satan and everybody's been hearing that bullshit for like 30 years now. So I just thought this is so boring and you know, I'm not trying to be guar and be totally ridiculous, but I, I just wanted my sense of humor and Sven wanted his sense of humor and same with Ryan. We just wanted our jokes to be in there. We wanted it to be fun. When you go see us live, it's fun. You have a good time. You listen to the music and you can tell there's, there's, it's heavy and it's funny and fucked up. <laughs> that, that, that kind of like, the way you put it, right? It just kind of encapsulates yeah. death metal, right? Yeah. That's what that's what should encapsulate good death metal. If if you take it way serious and you want your music dark, I get it. But I don't just go to the movies and watch, you know, dark, brutal horror movies all the time. And I don't watch, you know, everybody loves Evil Dead. And it's, it, is it really that serious? I don't think so. You know, so it just it was one of those things that I thought this could be so much more fun than it really is. And anyways, that was pretty much it. Okay, well, having heard or having gotten a chance to hear the promo copy, uh, you definitely are enjoyable. And that's something huge for death metal these days. So kudos on that. But for the others who haven't yet got hands on a promo copy, it's called Indoctrinate and it releases 25th February on listenable records how's the band doing are you guys nervous excited do you just want to get this out and be done with it <laughs> i think i can't speak for everybody i know i'm ready for him to come out um we started writing it like i want to say 18 months ago and so this is a pandemic album um i started writing it before the pandemic with the beginning songs of it but yeah basically yes yeah and so I think I think we're ready to play shows and get out there and do more. And we already actually are almost finished writing the second one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I already had started writing plans for the third one too. I was like, nice. oh, I got yeah, I got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Okay. Well, uh, let's break down one of the songs from the album and give our listeners a taste of what they can expect. Now, the band already has a few singles released. And yet, when we asked you to choose a song for this breakdown, you chose one that's a deeper cut. It is the penultimate track from the album. It's song number nine. It's called Decompression Disembowelment. (laughs) And before we break it down, let's listen to the whole damn thing. Here it is.
and that was decompression disembowelment from fetal blood eagles upcoming debut album indoctrinate and we're talking with founder and guitarist jim gregory jim why did you pick this song um i like the title um <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to make us say this repeatedly <laughs> yeah pretty much i was like me <laughs> how a couple of indians can say two L- <laughs> d double d words <laughs> you like them double d's I think you're doing great. I think you're doing great. We had to, we had some other people from a different country. I don't want to name names here, uh, but it sounded like Spain. And when they were saying um, the titles, they were, or the, was it the French guys were saying, and it was fun to listen to them trying to pronounce the titles. And, uh, so <laughs> when do we get to the second album? They're going to have a blast with those ones. But seriously, though, apart from the name, uh, just tell us a little bit about this song before we get into it. Well, I got the title idea from watching this um, older Sean Connery movie called Outland. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Wow. But it's, I am a huge B-movie fan. And uh, and you mentioned Deep Cut. It is a deep cut because it's way late in the record. And that's a deep cut from his career. There's this scene. It's a science fiction movie. One of the very few that he's in from 1981. And there's a scene in it where this dude gets into a spacesuit gets into an elevator and then, or I should say he gets into an elevator that requires a spacesuit and doesn't wear one and then exposes himself to the outer atmosphere of the moon that he's working on. And it blows his guts all over the place. And I thought decompression disembowelment, that's exactly what just happened there. So um, I don't think it's very realistic, but it is science fiction. So that's where that came from. And that was, did I answer it right? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Alrighty, let's start this thing. Let's start the breakdown. That's what I'd like to call an elephant riff. Because it's slow, it's pounding, it's heavy, it's crushing. Why decide to start the song off in this manner? I think uh, a lot of songs have sort of... A lot of younger bands are doing this new thing where they do 30 to 45 second intros of the same riff that the vocalist is doing their vocals over. And stylistically, like writing-wise, why? Like, if you're just going to play the riff for 30 seconds and then the vocalist comes on and then you play the same riff, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, you got to have your intro riff, then you move into your verse, right? Like, so naturally, with any Fetal Blood Eagle song, I wanted to do a bunch of pinch harmonics and messy sounding shit. So that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) But but I have to ask, because again, the copy that we got didn't come with the lyrics. And oh, yeah. that that sounded like something that if I watch live, you'd like want to sing along to. So what exactly is Sven singing? You know, I help write the lyrics and I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> um, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When did you first learn to do a pinch harmonic? And how much of a joy is it to bust those out? Because I like, I kind of feel that, you know, a lot of guitarists want to keep playing pinch harmonics, but they can't because they're all like 
oh no we'll get just we'll just get compared to fuck zack wild or someone oh i was thinking like you know your technical death metal bands kind of using that right oh you know it's funny because when you do i gotta get totally here you never go far without some of these things and one of the things that i learned about playing pinch harmonics is that people will do them on the upper register of the instrument so they'll you know i know you can't hear this but i like doing them really low uh-huh. and when you do them in the low parts of the register of the guitar and you're able to like pull those out i think it sounds demented almost and yeah it if, does. Are, if the worst thing people do is mention zach wild while they're talking about my guitar playing <laughs> that's great perfect <laughs> i don't know if anybody noticed but he's pretty fucking good he's really <laughs> fucking good no and that there's, there's a reason why i brought him up because the pinch harmonics on that opening riff they were long the sustain you could feel the sustain Yeah it's and it's funny because Sven gets a kick out of him too so when we first wrote together and I had a lot of pinch harmonics in one of the songs he said you don't write pinch harmonics you write punch harmonics they make you <laughs> punch somebody and so then I'm immediately like oh well I'll just do more of them if you dig them you know and then it's all about just placing them in the right part of the song where I think it helps the song and it's not distracting anyone and stuff like that so let's continue that was the second section uh, consisting of a cycle of three riffs largely right yeah yeah so uh, when writing a riff do you actively think of a vocal line and the drum pattern as well that you want underneath it so not usually usually what i'll do is i just try to think of um what sounds cool i mean it, it, like to me what sounds cool and try to mix it up a little bit and hope that Sven can do something with it. You know, because I'm sure I've written ones where he said, what am I going to do with this shit? You know, so, and then that particular riff uses octaves, which is another one of my favorite things to do. Because I've always thought octaves would be what plays if you accidentally walked into some alleyway in a dangerous city and there was somebody doing some surgery on somebody, you know, some, some dangerous shit that's scary and you wish you never saw it. That's what octaves sound like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I can see the B movies influence fall. Yeah. yeah. Like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you do try to lay down carpet for your vocalist so like that's really what your music should do and I've never been really big on I can appreciate the skill required to play technicality and stuff like that. But whenever we go to shows or whenever I was in my old band and we would go into real technical bits, people would kind of just like, you know, look off the, and they just weren't really that interested in it. Like, Oh, so I don't think. Yeah. yeah. So the people, uh, obviously this is an audio podcast and people can't really see what you were doing, but what he was oh. doing was basically looking at their phones. However, there's this other being at gigs who went, upon hearing a really technical part will basically just fold their arms and judge you really hard yeah. and stare yeah, like at you like with full concentration like i'm waiting to compete in the olympics that's going on right now and they're going to give me a 7 and i'm going <laughs> you know 
I'm really glad that people are disciplined enough to learn how to play a guitar in a really technical way, but it's so fucking boring to me. I'm like, I just find it insanely <laughs> boring. And I'm like, where's the part that makes me want to like have fun here, you know? And I can appreciate the skill that's required, but sometimes I wish bands would dial it down and, you know, maybe get a girlfriend or a boyfriend and, you know, have a life and, you know, watch TV and do something else. You know, you're spending too much time playing the guitar when everything's... Blah, 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 blah. So, so, so when you're yeah. saying all of this, I can totally imagine that, like, you're the ra- wrong target audience for, like, a dream theater concert or something like that, right? Yeah, dream theater. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I think I'm guessing what happens is, and this is a really bad joke, but <laughs> if you have a significant other... uh then that's a different form of vankery than when you don't have a significant other. <laughs> it is, it is. Like, I, I, we're a friend, a cat, a hamster, a goldfish. You can have anything. Just have company, have a friend. Don't sit alone by yourself for 14 hours in a room with a guitar. It's not good for you. It's not good for you. And you start thinking up crazy things, like how to make sculptures out of your own poop. It's not good. You know, you want you want company. You want to be around people. Musicians go, "I'm an introvert." I'm like, "No, you're just an asshole. You're not an introvert. You're just you're an asshole that no one likes." So you need to change that and stop writing technical music. It's just pushing everybody away. Ooh, strong words. <laughs> Anyways, let's continue this song. that entire section guitars just kept chugging with a variety of change ups happening on from the drums and vocals i love that vocal hit that swen does um the question to you is how challenging is it to keep away from the standard verse chorus verse chorus kind of a structure because that's clearly not happening on this song um it's not challenging at all except in fact uh i kind of prefer a little bit more structure um sometimes i Sometimes it doesn't come out that way. Um but it to for me writing a song that's like more of a through composition like what you described is pretty easy. You just do riff after riff after riff after riff. But the thing is is that uh I don't think it's for me particularly memorable and you know so I I try to write the riffs with as many hooks into them as I could get and try to have something cool going on there. It's not very challenging uh to Okay. to a structure it's kind of a conscious conscientious decision i guess and how do you ensure that each section is flowing into the other as such i mean is that a task that you that you think uh is something that you should answer or is that something that you're looking for your band to answer as well um it's a group thing it, like 
usually you can like you can hear on certain albums and certain bands that some changes are fluid excuse me and some changes are really jarring you know like if they do like a meter shift or if they do a, any sort of like really just a tempo change that sometimes it sounds like somebody slamming a car into a wall and it just bang their song changes and you go oh, wait a second you know what what just happened there and so I think for me, it, it's really, you really do want, well, for the way I write songs, like you want to flow. And so it's really just what my ear hears and what the drummer hears and, you know, how that kind of melds itself. Because everybody in this band sort of does their own thing to make it work. We're also old and experienced, so that helps. All righty, let's continue. Would this be the chorus of the song? Um, I think this would be a pre-chorus. Okay, okay. Yeah. But I'm not particularly musically educated. So <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I was looking for like the music, the person who kind of wrote the song's point of view. But okay, I'm telling you, it's really, people. It's interesting because people. I've heard people like talk about this stuff, like their metal band, like their you know, they're in some laboratory splicing DNA. And, uh, and I just am like, that sounds cool. Next riff. <laughs> that's pretty, and that's pretty much how I think of stuff. I'm like, that's cool. That sucks. Cool. Cool. Sucks. So like, that's how I do my riffs. <laughs> All right. Cool. But no, but this part was cool. How many layers of guitar are on there? Um, just four, four rhythm tracks. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the same that's thing. Nice. Yeah, nothing crazy. And how did you get it to sound like that? Um, I mean, just regular, regular amps? Yeah, yeah. It's Some of us have the gift of power when we play. <laughs> and um, <laughs> one, of the things that, one of the things that distinguishes Ryan and I from a lot of guitar players is we have a pretty heavy pick attack and we use pretty heavy strings. And... So some of that is just the character of the way we play the instrument, honestly. It's like a lot of the harmonics and things that you hear dug out and they're really, you know, heavy. Yeah, they're meaty. They're really deep. Yeah, that's just how we sound when we play guitar, you know. It's like the natural tone because I plug straight into an amplifier. I don't use anything really crazy. And it's just, I think, a lot of technique and using the right equipment for it. So, yeah, good pickup. I think you're also downplaying yourself a bit here. Oh, you think so? <laughs> so? I don't know why when you said like some of us play with power, it brought to mind uh, Metal Apocalypse. Did you speak oh, yeah. to adults? <laughs> it's, it's exactly like that. Right? But, metal Apocalypse. Uh, metal- Fuck, I forgot how to say it. Metal Apocalypse. Yeah, Metal Apocalypse. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Ultimate <Death> flavor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to hear somebody say it before I could pronounce it too. I remember reading it going, Metalalalaka, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> okay, cool. Let's continue because now right. it gets really, really, really fucking fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Okay. What's the tempo here? Uh, fast. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm the worst interview you've ever done. What are the lyrics? I don't know. What's the tempo? Don't know that either. I can't remember. Okay, cool. I'm so sorry. That's okay. What's, well, what's the picking pattern here like? Is it this is it is, kind of like uh, like it, it reminded me frankly of uh, you know the the really uh, the, the fast picking part on uh, raining blood Yeah it's kind faster? of it's a, it's, a, it's I don't know if it's faster than that but it's treble picked and mm-hmm. it's muted So um I think you know to my ears you could sort of hear what's going on but it's so it's actually a lot faster than i think people realize and it's all palm muted which gives it that real like chunky sort of sound and then it goes into bam 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 you know and that was just to give my arms a break because they were getting tired playing that fast all the time mm-hmm. so yeah because i'll do that i'll play, i'll play riffs that are really fast and my arms start hurting because uh, i'm like this i can't do this forever and so <laughs> i'll i'll slip in riffs where i don't have to keep you know going crazy so yeah but having said that like when you're writing do you consider the live aspect because like a lot of bands like you know with technology you can kind of cheat right and then you kind of learn it in there but from what you're saying you're actually taking into consideration that when you play it live what you're going to yeah. feel like, right yeah it's a great observation yeah it's absolutely thinking about it live we were thinking we're all fans of this all five of us are huge metalheads it's not like we stopped listening to it now you know i'm not picking on anybody but i've watched interviews and guys that are in other bands really really heavy bands they're like i don't even listen to metal and i'm like well you're no fucking fun we listen to metal all the time i don't know what they're t- they're on crack i don't know what they're talking about and so we think about what we would like to see. So we hope that we can connect with you and and think that if you came to see us live, you'd be excited. You'd be like this band's going to be so dumb and heavy, it's going to be great, you know, and and that's what we want to do. We want to see people go nuts. We don't want them to be bored with it or anything else. So absolutely we think about what what people would react to. Excellent. Let's continue. Move into the final part of the song. idea was it to add that sample mine <laughs> why why am i not surprised <laughs> the flow so, is yours take us through your process all right all right <laughs> the process <laughs> so <clears throat> all right serious 
Um, <laughs> so when we were doing that, I was actually talking to Sven when he was doing, uh, I think before he recorded the vocals for this track, and well, all of them really, but I said, you need to, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like I said, you need to do more obituary moments. And this is how, yeah, like he wasn't really doing them before. And we were on the phone one time talking and I said, you know, I really like obituary. And then next, <laughs> this is how this, this is how we talk to each other. And he was like, and then he starts going, and we start trying to do obituary vocals. And then he sends me the demo for this song, and he's doing it. And I started rolling. I said, dude, leave it. And then the audio sample, I don't know if you've seen the Arnold movie, The Running Man. No. You haven't seen that There's... There's a scene that's comical in that film where he fights this guy and they have a chainsaw fight over who's going to hold the chainsaw. And it's, when you see it's comical and and he cuts him from his crotch up to his chest in the movie, they don't show it, but it's heavily implied. And because he goes from the crotch of the dude, he starts going, and he starts getting all falsetto. (laughs) (laughs) And it's comical. And then, they're like, what happened to Buzzsaw, which was the name of this bad guy Arnold kills. And he says, he had to split. And it's really, <laughs> <laughs> it's really dumb. And you watch it and you're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But if you take that, pull the dumb lines out of it and put the audio together with Fetal Blood Eagle playing, it sounds scary as shit. <laughs> and what the guy says right there is he says, I love the saw. The saw is a part of me, and I'm going to make it part of you. So, <laughs> that's what he says there. <laughs> so, so I must ask you, like, how, how does it strike? Because, like, I, I know, like, with a lot of, like, say, the Gorgine bands and stuff like that, yeah. the samples played, like, a very strategic role, right? Like, you'd always have it. And, like, ah, why am I getting, uh, what's the band that did Olive Cheese? The Chicago band. Crap. Can't remember them for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just having like a blank moment in there. Nah, it's okay. It's okay. He'll uh, edit that out later. It'll be great. <laughs> Definitely leaving it in now. <laughs> Shit. Impetigo. There you go. <laughs> I tried. Oh. I tried. Oh. Yeah. Now, that, that's the thing, right? With Impetigo, you kind of see the. Do, do you have like a bank of all these samples that you're like, hey, if it strikes the right moment? So, like, in my head, when I I just think it would be cool to put certain things there. I mean, you all have heard the entire album, I assume. Yeah. And so one of the audio clips in the album is real. It's not from a movie. And people think it's from a movie. It's not. Oh, and, um, On Only Meth is Real. Oh, really? That's a real argument. That was recorded by the man who picked the argument, who has long since left this plane of existence. He's dead but he was really on meth and he walks up to a security guard, picks a fight with him. And, and it's not a, it's not a physical altercation. And in, in any time watching the video of him arguing with this poor guy, uh, do you ever think that they're going to get into a physical altercation? There's a fence between them and all this. And he just was being this hyper aggressive guy walking his dog saying, what is this place and all this other shit. And, yeah, there are really crazy people like that out in the world, and most of them are in America, which is why it's funny to me that they'd be offended at the band name. 
<laughs> so I don't know. To to a certain extent, it's reality also, right? And yeah, yeah. You but no. <laughs> but to answer your question, no, like the audio clip, um, yeah, it's just what we think would be funny and what we think would fit. And, and some a lot of times I'll be recording and I'll I'll write the song while I'm recording and. I think, oh, I should put something there. The riff's going on too long. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then for that particular one, Spence said, you really want me to sing for that entire outro? I said, no, no, I'm going to put something in there special. And so I didn't tell him what it was going to be until he got it back and he heard it and he just started laughing. He knew what movie it was from and everything right away. Okay. okay. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Although yeah. I do have to ask, how hard or challenging is it to make sure that a chainsaw doesn't overlap or mix into the guitar sound well that's christian donaldson our engineer that makes that he's uh he's pretty superb at his job um it definitely could uh so he he has a very finely tuned ear and he's he's actually worked with bands with talent so he knows how to <laughs> he knows how to work those things out <laughs> thank god he didn't opt for like buzzsaw Swedish <laughs> Swedish heavy metal sounds, huh? Yeah, that's been done. Where I was thinking, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And they're Swedish, and we're four fifths American, so it wouldn't make sense to sound like that. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Alrighty, and that was the breakdown of decompression, disembowelment, one of the groovier songs from the upcoming album, Indoctrinate from Fetal Blood Eagle. Fuck, I love saying that name, Jim. I have to ask. What was the most challenging aspect of the song for you? Is there a riff or characteristic that we've overlooked? Well, that treble pick riff that you were asking about what BPM it was at or tempo, that one is actually tricky. Um, and it's funny because um, there are riffs on certain songs that all point to people like that riff is actually pretty hard to play. And other, and a lot of guitar players even just say, really? And I'm like, yeah, try it. <laughs> thank god i'm a bass player because once i figured out that tom araya <laughs> is only playing the root note for the entirety of that riff from yeah. Blood oh, that yeah. i was talking about i was relieved as fuck <laughs> he's in that he's in that favorite chris barnes key of <laughs> <laughs> oh my god See, this is this is like the second time in like So consecutive interviews Chris Barnes has to come up. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that like he's occupying a lot of mind space with what he's talking talked about. But but <laughs> let let me flip the question to you, right? Sure. Wait, when do you think this is going to die down? Because considering it's never, February, right? Never. Never. <laughs> it's it, First of all, he feeds into it. I mean, I've seen video with the dude and he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> But wait, have you been blocked by him as yet on Twitter? No, no, I don't say anything to the man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think by the by middle of the year, it's going to reach the stage where like you're going to wear it as like how you have the verified tick on Twitter and stuff. It's like you've been blocked. I'll, I'll, I'll add it to my bio. Like I've by seen, Twitter. I've seen uh, podcasters and interviewers and and, and journalists. celebrate getting blocked by him so apparently that's a thing it's like i have been blocked yeah it's like congrats you know they should get an award we should do that i was blocked by Chris Barnes but now i never say anything to him i mean i <laughs> i just wanted to crack a shitty joke <laughs> all righty as we begin to wrap up uh here on the podcast today 
Here's a final question. What's it like to launch a band in 2022? What are the new areas as such that you guys need to be cognizant of, be aware of, feed into? I mean, uh, we all hate social media largely. I mean, I two of us, it, but, but do you, what about you? Like, is Well, I can see why people hate lo- uh, social media. I love it because there's an endless supply of jokes. And... <laughs> People are so unrepentantly mean to one another on social media that it's not realistic. Like you would never walk up to somebody and say, hey, you look like you fought off a coat hanger in the womb for nine months and barely made it. Nobody's going to say that to you, you know? And so, so right then and there, if it upsets people, I only suggest this. It's not real. No one's really saying this to you. You're going to shut your machine off. You're going to shut your phone off, your computer, whatever. And you're going to go take a shit without them talking to you. And that's, so I, I don't mind social media at all. It, it, launching a band in this day and age is difficult because there's so many of them. And really it's, it's do, how am I going to get people interested in wanting to hear our music? You know, and then, I mean, talking to our social media guys and people that handle certain things within our band, like, They'll say, oh, the algorithm, the algorithm. And I'm like, what does it even mean? Is that the one that tells me which kind of porno I'm supposed to watch? <laughs> I don't know which one. <laughs> so it's tricky, but also um, for me and for the rest of the guys, I think it's not really about us getting popular and being part of the cool kids and getting on Twitch and TikTok. And, you know, I think that there's too much try hard going on. Actually, I just thought about it. You guys would be a hit on like TikTok, right? With all the funny stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I would do it if they weren't trying to track me. (laughs) It's creepy as fuck. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yeah. um, So my wife, she showed me a lot of TikTok videos. And I'm like, the fuck is wrong with people? Can I use that in a song? That's usually my next. But yeah, it's, it's tough, you know, to answer your question, like it, it's just sort of the nature of the beast now. And, you know, you always hope that you can kind of find your way to weasel into people's heads and onto uh, all the different streaming platforms and stuff, because despite it being very open, it's also extraordinarily controlled. Mm -hmm. And like we put out our first single was hate fuck face and we were immediately censored. And one of our uh, people at the label said, yeah, it's getting censored across all these different platforms. And I'm like, okay. Which is weird to me that it's being censored, but on TV, they show zombies exploding and shit like that. People saying fuck. And, you know, so I'm like, and, and and we have little asterisks on fucked. So I'm like, it's kind of censored, (laughs) you know, but yeah, (laughs) I don't know. But then, you know, that's the kind of shit you deal with is, you know, this proclivity towards control, which is bizarre, especially in a genre where, you know, people come up to you and tell you what all these rules for heavy metal are. Like we talked about song structure earlier and, and, you know, here's the rule on how you write a metal song. Here's the rule. Here's, this is what you need to sound. This is how it should sound. And it's like, or we'll just do us and you can appreciate us for having our own fingerprint and that to me is more important than anything. So 
because people say, oh, you should do this, you should do that. Well, I should just be myself. That's what I should be, you know, and you should be you. And that's what makes us unique. And then we can come together over something we love, which is heavy metal. When I think about it, the reason why you got into metal is because you wanted to share your opinion. Like you you want to channel that anger, you want to channel everything. And it's also about individualism, right? It is. The very fact that you have to like conform to a certain thing and like fit into a certain sound just is a bit bizarre for me. (laughs) You can listen to a piece of music now and it's so contrived with the, the, I've heard it called Jekyll and Hyde vocals, but it's like, here comes the dirty vocals, here comes the clean vocals, right? Uh, it drives me crazy how nobody does anything with that. They just copy the last band that did it. And I remember the first band I heard do that. That was actually a band called Celtic Frost, and it was the 80s that did the Jekyll and Hyde vocals. And the second band I heard do it was Fear Factory. And I heard that in like 1992, so I'm dating myself here. And I remember thinking, that's really cool. I wonder what people are going to do with this. And now, unfortunately, they haven't done enough with it. I feel like they've done like, all right, here comes a singing. And then you go, okay, I didn't see that shit coming. And then the other part is, is that their dirty vocals, the fry vocals are all so similar that they, I could go through Apple Music or Spotify or whatever you're listening to and click to the next band you've not heard of, and you won't know the difference from one to the next. Yep. So it's super conformist, and it's like, what's going to get me clicks? What's going to get me popular with this group of people? And to me, that's very not metal. Yeah, mm. I mean, I'm just going to say yeah. Sumericon, <coughs> Sumerian <laughs> Records. <Yeah. laughs> they just basically made a career of... Like bands that exactly sound the same, right? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, which I don't know that label, but like, yeah, it's it's too bad because I think if people go, how, how come people want to go still see this band or they want to see this band and they're from like 1975 or 1982? I'm like, because they sound like them, which to me is just the most important thing. So that was that's really the goal with Fetal Blood Eagle, to be honest with you, to circle back to us, like we really just want to be us and what we do is we write really heavy shit and we make fucking jokes. And to me, the international community has been so great about it. And I would have thought the opposite. I would have thought American people would have thought it was the funniest thing ever. And the international community would be like, I don't get the jokes. It's been the opposite, but most of the American audiences are pretty great too, as far as getting the humor, but but the, but I think that's the thing about the internet, right? I mean, uh, think about it. You're mm-hmm. sitting halfway talking to people, two guys from halfway around the world, cracking the same awesome. kind of jokes yeah. that we get, right? And it's only because of just the internet and how yep. small the world is, as cliche yeah. as I want to be. <laughs> right. And I think that, like, I think when you, when I was growing up and I discovered heavy metal for the first time, I found something that reminded me of me. I thought these guys are like me. They're pissed off. They're, you know, they don't want to sound like new kids on the block. Now I'm really dating myself. (laughs) They don't want to sound like pop music. You know, like these guys don't want to subscribe to America's Got Talent and watch some asshole sound like the next asshole who sounds like the next asshole. And what really drives me crazy about all that is they say, oh, looks don't matter. And you don't want to body shame. And then they completely disown that fucking like sentiment the minute they put somebody in the front of their band 
wearing only their panties and a bra and all dude up like some street hooker. And I, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, that's oh, metal. I'm like, that's not metal. That's not metal at all. You're just selling everybody else. You're just doing everything everyone else does, you know? And, and I think it's very contradictory and, you know, not to sound too preachy, but yeah, it's, I think, I think ultimately in this world, you should be you and people should accept you for who that is, you know, and that's metal, you know. Yep. And that is a lovely metal message to end this chat on for the moment, at least. Jim, <laughs> excellent chat. I like full, 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 full positive vibes. And let's do this. Let's do this uh, another time because I think we need to have a chat just about metal. Yeah. Not right, just Little Blood Eagle, if you're up for that yeah. at some point. Absolutely. Time. Anytime, anytime you want. And uh, I'm, I'm here. I'll, I'll talk to you guys anytime. It's a pleasure. None of I us are going awesome. anywhere this year, right? <laughs> well, I hope you guys are. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully soon. That's all the time that we have. Go out and check this album out and then come back and listen to this podcast to try and see where else you can spot uh, those lovely little interludes and those lovely little samples for. And then we'll we'll get Jim back on the podcast and talk about those samples even more, etc., etc. And when you've done that, you can let us know how do you find us. Well, we are at hauntsuppod.com or on Twitter at hauntsuppod.com. Yup, I told you that we hate social media, but here I am plugging our social media itself. Oh my. I'm on Twitter at Asmoani. I'm at Trend Crusher. And this was Horns Up. Horns Up, guys. <laughs>